Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Magic Bean Podcast. This is episode 132. My name is Cracker, and I will be your host today. And I have one bean with me, and he's definitely a bean, but I think he's more of a special guest at the moment. It's been a long time. Chris, how you doing? I am good. How are you? Great. It's, it has been a very long time. Yeah, that's all right. It's good to have you back on. We've got a, a couple of things we wanted to catch up on. You've been playing some commander over the weekend and we thought we'd just, you know, drag you in for a change and you weren't busy doing a million other things for once this evening. So that yeah. probably means you've just got to do them later, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've been uh, unusually busy in the magic scene actually, which is nice. Uh, yeah. Paper magic is a thing. So pretty excited to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of paper magic, before we get right into the topics, you want to tell us about our awesome sponsors? Do I ever. So Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar sponsor this podcast and sponsor our leagues, which we run, uh, free to enter. And pretty much all the price support comes from these guys. So check them out. They're a Facebook auction group. Uh, they have daily auctions uh, with biddable uh, auction lots and also win it now lots. Uh, I currently have a number of outstanding orders with Pat. Um, and I can personally vouch for their service. Uh, they are excellent. Uh, little known fact uh, that you can order multiple things over multiple lots, and because they have a full-time auctioneer, they will hold cards for you, and you can ship them out in a batch, which actually saves you shipping. So cool little bolt-on service that uh, the crew at Josh and Pat's offer as well, um, which I make full use of too. So definitely go and check them out and let them know that the beans sent you. Very well done, mate. You're a pro at that. <laughs> pro at buying cards from Pat as well, I think. I, I've bought a few, yes. Uh, yes, yes, a number. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, as you said, you've been playing a fair bit of Paper Magic. Uh, actually, one thing that isn't in our show notes, but we did talk about last week, Cube. You came and cubed with us. I did. Do, do you remember what nonsense you got up to? Uh, I do. I, I have fonder memories of my first draft uh, with Chewy's Legacy Cube. Yep. Uh, I was in blue-white, which uh, I, I don't know why. It feels like every time we cube, I end up in an archetype, which I really am not fond of. So <laughs> I'm certainly not a control player at heart. Um, but I, I landed pretty firmly in the blue-white lane. Uh, and I was really happy with my deck, actually. It was great. Um, it... It wasn't super controlling. Like I had, I had counterspell. I had a couple of other random things like negate, and I had a path and bits and pieces. But you know, I got an isochron scepter and was able to get up to some shenanigans with that. Uh, and I had a consecrated sphinx, which did a lot of heavy lifting against you, Cracker. It's very yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I scooped game one to uh, isochron scepter with counterspell underneath it, and you had two open mana, and then. I'm pretty sure in game two, that was the one where I, what did I do? Exiled three cards, lost three life, drew three cards, and then you drew six. Yeah, I drew six, and I think I was pretty well set up at that point. So I mean, that, that, I'm, that game went pretty well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was <laughs> properly dead before that point, but I didn't have Skeletal Scrying in my hand and not cast it. But uh, yeah. Uh, and, and, def definitely a tricky spot. And then <clears throat> your cube, what happened there? Uh, so my, my cube didn't go, uh, as well. So <laughs> I, uh, I didn't get any power, um, but I did, uh, pack one, pick one soul ring, which I'm never upset about. That's power. It, 
Yeah, I, I treat it as power. Yeah, and so that that was great. And I just ended up uh, in like green big stuff, uh, which is a lane that I'm pretty comfortable with. Uh, so you have been known to ramp? I have been known to ramp and I do enjoy a good ramp deck. So, yeah, I was pretty firmly uh, mono green. Might have been splashing something else, but I just had a bunch of big payoffs um, in, I think I think I had like Woodfall Primus and Terastodon and just a bunch of big stuff. Um and yeah, that, that deck was okay. Uh, Stu and I almost drafted the same decks. Like he was basically a ramp deck as well. Mm-hmm. And we had a really, really, really tight first match. Like it was actually really fun, uh, great games and just etched out a win. I think we worked out after the game that Stu probably could have won uh, if he was a little bit more aggressive. Um, but yeah, eked out a win. I think I got down to a couple of life and gained a little bit back and clawed my way into it and just got over the line. And then I don't think I won another match. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, cube yeah, is like that. Mind you, I, a bad time cubing is still better than most things. Oh, it, it was fantastic. Um, I'm very happy to be catching up and taking a day off with mates to uh, to cube. So very keen for the next one we organise. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the other magic you've been playing is Commander. Lots of Commander. Lots of Commander, yeah. So uh, I was fortunate enough last weekend to make my way up to Sydney uh, for the Oz Command Fest, uh, which I think was the first... This was the first in-paper, formally organised magic event, I believe, since 2019. Um, I don't know that's, if you're... No, no, that's correct. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I, I was actually fortunate enough to make it up to the Brisbane GP in late 2019, uh, which was amazing as well. But yeah, this was the first thing I attended since then. Um, and a very different experience. Uh, so <laughs> used to used to hitting up the uh the big competitive events uh mm-hmm. and uh you and i cracker have been to many together and we often end up jamming side events which yeah. is uh lots of fun but it's like it's proper competitive magic you know we're playing rounds of modern or whatever we we choose and um yeah people the, are the still com- spiky as though right like it, it's it's not like a side event where you go oh this is just gonna be casual like it's cutthroat oh 100 percent. everyone's there to win yeah <laughs> and <laughs> And uh, I, yeah, I, I love it. Um, but the the command fest setup very very different. Um, and it was really cool. It was a really great experience. So it was held just outside of Sydney uh, in the Burbs somewhere at a town hall. Uh, and I went up with uh, Maddie P. So Maddie P. Uh, or Infect Rules in our Discord is my brother, my younger mm-hmm. brother. Uh, and we travelled up together. Uh, and we had another mate Jacob come up with us as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, the event was. Uh, as you'd expect from a command event, uh, commander event, very casual. Um, so you could uh, rock up and hit a table and just chat to people and form a pod at your own leisure and play games. Um, and that was really it. Uh, it's a very flat prize structure. Um, you played games and everyone at the table got equal tickets. Didn't matter who won, who lost. Um, that was just the format and how it worked. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. So, cause I think this is actually the first command fest we've ever had run in Australia. Yes. So because of that, maybe do you want to explain a little bit about like, you say it was very casual and you could just rock up and play, but I mean, you registered 
weeks ago. You've known for a while that you've been going and, you know, there's an entry fee and stuff. Do you want to just let people know kind of what that was like and what was included? Because I know there were some people in the Discord who were hoping to get in, but even as recently or, you know, as a couple of weeks ago, like it was sold out. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, entry was a hundred dollars for the weekend. Um, that included a new Capenna pre-con commander deck though, which was great. So there was uh, just good value out of the gates. You got a bunch of game ticks as well. Uh, I think it was like 50, 50 or $60 worth of game tickets. Um, and you also got a foil, a foil soul ring promo, a foil path of ancestry promo and a non-foil path of ancestry promo. Um, and I think you got a deck box and a few little odds and ends like that. But um, you basically got your value up front uh, with that. And you're right, Cracker, it did sell out uh, earlier than we expected, actually. Uh, yeah. Matty P and I were holding off uh, <laughs> booking flights and stuff just with, uh, you know, COVID and other bits and pieces that were, were kicking around. Uh, and we kind of left it fairly last minute and we ended up grabbing our tickets when we booked our flights. And I think it was a day or two later it, it sold out. So... Um, we're pretty fortunate to jump in there. Um, but the one of the guys we went up with, Jacob, actually didn't uh, end up getting entry or a ticket oh, okay. uh, prior to them selling out. Uh, and it turned out to not be a problem. So I think Plunksy was uh, was holding off not coming down because he'd missed out on some ticks and uh, turned out he probably would have been fine. So next so time, Plunks, we'll, we'll catch up. So did he just pay entry at the door then? Like they just were kind of letting people in. He still had to pay. Yeah. Yeah, literally. And- so he rocked, rocked up and it's you just bought brave. standalone game tickets. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was. Okay. <laughs> uh, we, we kind of committed to, um, you know, hanging out and playing some casual games outside of the venue if pushed sure. to shove. But um, yeah. yeah, like you, anyone could walk in. There are a number of people who are doing that and you would just walk up to the desk and buy game tickets and then you could just go into the hall and sit down at a table and, and form a pod and off you went. It was totally cool. Right. So the entry was like the goodie bag, the lit bag, right, with the commander deck and all that other stuff. So that's what the $100 kind of got you. Plus, there was a bunch of games included in that. You said there was like yes. five yeah. or six or something like that? Yeah, there were, I think, eight game tickets or something included okay. as part of that as well, or six. I can't remember. Um, and, and so when you sat down, you made a pod. When you finished the game, you handed in your game ticket and then you got prize wall tickets. Yeah, so a game, a game ticket basically cashed in for 10 prize tickets or prize points. Uh, and then you could go and cash those in. They had uh, individual booster packs. They had boxes. And for the first time, actually, uh, oh, maybe they'd had it at Sydney or Brisbane last time we were there. But I remember early on, they never used to do singles, but they had, you know, singles that you could buy with your points as well, which was- Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. So you could just get- um, Oh, cool. Yeah. They had Ulamogs and whatever in the cabinet. And you could just cash in your- your ticket points for uh for singles so yeah it was it was really cool and it was it was a really well run event as well i should say so big shout out to good games who organized the event um they've organized a number of the you know largest events that we've been to and i think some mm-hmm. of the, the ptqs we went to in sort of 2020 ish um yep. were run by them so same kind of crew was up there um and mr riley knight made an appearance uh, up there as well he was there for the weekend Two, injecting a little bit of life and excitement into the event. So that was pretty cool to see him roaming the halls and interviewing people and, um, yeah, shouting out and throwing promos here and there. So, yeah, it was really cool. That sounds awesome. I'm not jealous at all that you got to play <laughs> a bunch of Commander <laughs> games. Uh, so 
when you if you exhausted your eight tickets with entry, you're saying you could just go buy like additional ones. Yeah. And, yeah. Did, you and we, have, we, did you have to have a ticket to like form a pod or were people just playing like with their mates and then obviously like no prize support included? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people were doing that towards okay. the end of definitely Sunday. I think a lot of people were just hanging out and still playing games. So mm-hmm. you definitely didn't need to have game tickets to be in the venue or at a table. Um, so, yeah, if, if you exhausted your ticks, you could still kick around and play some games. Um, but I think that the idea was that you would have them and that you'd be in there playing. Yeah, of but course. Yeah, we, we ended up buying a few more to get us through uh, the final day there. Um, mm-hmm. And then we just pulled all our ticks and cashed it in and walked away with a, a set booster box, which we split up and cracked. And yeah, it was great. Nice. So yeah. as far as vendors and things, like at GPs, I mean, you and I at um, at the Melbourne one, there was like RK Post came and I got him to sign like a bunch of cards. I know we've both bought art from, you know, like other artists that were there. Was there that kind of set up as well? Did they have like non like not just vendors obviously like good games would have had their own store where they were you know selling singles and packs and stuff in addition to the prize wall but was there other vendors there doing other things uh not not so much so okay i don't know if it was by design or whether it's just how it ended up panning out because i've heard other command fests have like artists artists and stuff yeah 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 that's right so this one didn't have artists uh and there was the good games crew you know, with a, with a setup selling singles and buying cards for the weekend. Sure. And I think there was one other vendor there as well. So there were a few people. Um, there was the local Sydney-based PGS grading service. Um, okay. Those guys were there as well. They had like a little booth. So there are a couple, couple of people there, but not... Um, yeah, I didn't catch any cosplay or any artist booths or anything like that. Because hmm. I think that's... Yeah, I, I would hopefully see that moving forwards and and I mean, obviously this is like the first event back like we said in a long time so you can understand they're not trying to go to gangbusters with their outlay but i mean commander's so popular so how full was the venue like was it capacity yeah it, it was it was definitely full on the saturday a little bit quieter on the sunday but at a guess i would have I would have guessed like 400 people, maybe 400, maybe up to 500 on the Saturday and maybe a couple of hundred less on the Sunday. Still would have been in the vicinity of 300 plus, I would have guessed. Um, So like definitely a good turnout. Like it felt, it felt full. It was buzzing. It was super loud. Like you, you could just hear shenanigans and people laughing and, you know, bad play stories and, <laughs> and everything kicking around the hall. So it was, it was a really cool vibe. It was a lot of fun to be in there and around. And they had, you know, lots of things firing throughout the day. Uh, I think they had mystery booster drafts and they were doing um, Commander Legends 2 Baldur's Gate sealed events that were firing okay. throughout the weekend as well, which looked really popular. Lots of people were signing up for them. Um, we, we didn't hit up any of those, but they looked looked like, um, yeah, lots of fun. So, yeah, it was, um, it was just cool being back in person, man. It was just fun being in a room with people playing in-person real paper magic again it was great that sounds awesome i can't wait for what's the next one we're going to get up to sydney again in november i think is the plan for the pioneer event yeah it's the the anz super series finals i think they've finally announced 
I think it's the 25th-ish of November, something like yeah. that, back up in New South Wales again. So, yeah, certainly keen. I think most of us beans are planning on getting up there. So, Yep, certainly on the calendar at this stage, uh, which would be cool. So, yeah. as far as decks, we I spoke a little bit about you were putting together a Kenrith deck. I think we talked about that like two or a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. Uh, did you bust out Kenrith? Did you play any in the like CEDH side? Was there like designated high powered or CEDH sections? Uh, yeah, they had uh, they had specific tables or areas cut out for like beginners and casual and CEDH. Cool. Um, but it, it, it was broadly pretty pretty chill. Like you could rock up at any table and just have a rule zero conversation. And then mm-hmm. most people were packing everything along the power curve spectrum. So, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, Matt, Matt, Jacob and I uh, just played some games with a random guy who jumped on a table with us and it was heaps of fun, like just chatting and meeting him. Um, he was a guy from, from Albury actually, like halfway between. So, um, and he had been playing since 2018 and had really only ever played Commander um, and had come up on his own, I believe. And so, yeah, it was cool just you know, again, chatting, meeting with people. Uh, and we, we played a little bit of CDH um, with him. And yep. yeah, I got to, got to bust out Kenrith. It was, it was, um, it was cool to give it a final run. Uh, and especially against someone who was bringing a deck to the table that I wasn't familiar with. So okay. it was cool. What did uh, they play? Uh, so Matty P was on uh, Edgar and yep. Jacob was on Crick and uh, this guy, I can't forget, I can't remember his name, but he was on, uh, it's the Rakdos Vampire. Is it Ar- Ar- Aria? Aria something? Oh, Anjay, the Madness one. Anjay, the Madness one. It was the yeah, Madness yeah. one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was actually okay. really cool. Like I, I'd never even seen it. I can't even remember the card name, as you can tell. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was it was that madness uh, commander. And yeah, he, uh, uh, we we played I think two or three games at least with him, mm-hmm. uh, with that pod, the four of us. Uh, and on one of those, he he got to go off. Like he got an infinite combo and went through. And yeah, it was um it was cool to see his deck do its thing. So that is sweet. What yeah. about Kenrith? Did you manage to uh, pod? Kikijiki people. <laughs> so the the wins I had with Kenrith, I had I had a single pod week win for the whole mm-hmm. weekend, uh, and I had uh, two Tharsis Oracle uh, demonic consultation wins, sure. and I had just like an infinite mana like mill everyone out, do all the things, win, which <laughs> you could probably class as anything, but um, yeah, yeah. just, yeah, <laughs> throwing everything. Infinite mana plus Kenrith means infinite ways of winning. It's literally like pick your combo. Turn, turns out it's pretty good. So yeah. so one of, the, one of the challenges I had leading into this was trying to rein my crazy brain into <laughs> <laughs> like being a little bit more focused with how to build Kenrith. And to be honest, my deck is still not focused at all. It's just got like a ton of stuff jammed into it. Uh, but I I did at least remove the Aluren combo pieces uh, for those who are familiar with that uh, crazy four mana enchantment that lets you mm-hmm. cast uh, three CMC creatures for free. Uh, there was a whole package around that, which let you do some infinite shenanigans, which I ended up pulling out. But I had the, the Tharsis Oracle uh, Tainted Pact Demonic Consultation um, combo in there, which basically lets you mill your entire library uh, in response to the Thassa's Oracle trigger, um, and you just went on the spot. 
And in addition to that, I was also running uh, a Dockside Extortionist package, which you could um, sort of go infinite with, with um, Phantasmal Image or Emil, uh, the the unicorn, which has been reprinted in Double Masters, where you can flicker it and basically generate infinite tokens and kind of go off that way. Uh, and I was also packing Kinnan, um, who on their own is a, a CDH uh, commander. Yep. Uh, and the Freed from the Real package uh, with Bloom Tender, and it also works with stuff like Noble Hierarch, uh, where you could basically generate infinite mana. Uh, and once you've got infinite mana on board with uh, Kenrith, like you said, you can, um, yeah, you can, draw your deck. You can draw your deck. You can mill everyone else, or you can infinite plus one plus one counter things and swing in for damage. There's a number of ways you can win from there. So, yeah, it was it was really sweet. So I kind of got a, a bit of a taste of all of the all of the various pieces that I that I had in my deck. So it was cool. Awesome. Did you play Zaxara and some of your other decks as well? I did. Uh, I played played Zaxara a couple of times. Zaxara is like my uh it's like mid it's to like high my, power right yeah yeah it's like my kind of seven eight out of ten deck yeah. it's certainly not cdh but uh it's very very powerful and it got to do some super powerful things like i won i won a couple of games playing zaxara over the mm-hmm. weekend um and it just went off and did its thing that was heaps of fun i love that deck uh it does everything that i that i love uh <laughs> civic <laughs> ramp <laughs> yeah it's just giant big, things Big giant things and huge X spells, like I yeah, don't know what else fun. is Commander about. Uh, so that was really cool. I also played a few games with my Kozilek um, Colorless Commander deck, which is uh, a lot more casual. Uh, but again, super, super powerful if you can make it to, you know, turn seven or eight in the game, uh, depending on who you're playing against. Once and I've I think got I- 12 mana, just you wait. <laughs> Exactly. It's just all the rocks and um, yeah, it was quite good, but uh, certainly, certainly didn't perform particularly well against Maddie P's Edgar deck, which gets very wide, very aggressive, very early. So um, he rebuilds so fast as well. It's kind of ridiculous. It's like it's you, you very, can very sweep powerful. and then he's just like, okay, I'm going to play three more vampires next turn and that makes six. And then all of a sudden you're just attacking for a bunch of like, oh my goodness. Yeah. That, that deck kind of goes off. hundred percent. Hey, um, we played we played at like a, a CDH level game uh, with Maddie P on Edgar, and he mm-hmm. had the it's like four or five mana vampire where you can tap five untapped vampires and you gain control of another target creature and it becomes a vampire and he stole my Kenrith and then I just lost the game. Oh. <laughs> so Captivating was, vampire is a card, man. I think it gives you yeah, ten plus one plus it. one as well. Correct, it's a lord as well, yeah. and that, like it was just filthy. I had no way of getting my stuff back. So, um, yeah, that it, it got certainly very, very powerful. Uh, and Maddie P demonstrated that a number of times over the weekend. So, um, nice. yeah, he, he had a heap of fun as well, and it was nice. We we all got all got wins, and all got our um, we all got an opportunity for our decks to do their things, um, which was really cool. So, yeah, a lot of fun had by all there that weekend. It's it's kind of what you want in a commander pod right like you, you just want everyone to get the opportunity to go off and and do their sweet thing so that's that's awesome that you guys all kind of got that chance yeah 100 percent. and speaking of people up there yeah. uh friend of the podcast hemsey uh previous envy champion right yep hemsey won early on mm-hmm. uh was was up there too so really cool that was uh i think one of the only uh beans community members who made it up there and 
got to catch up with Hemsey on Saturday afternoon and jam a bunch of games. He jumped in on our pod and uh, yeah, he was he was on Eurico. So we got to pump okay. out a little bit of CDH uh, with him and crushed us uh, playing Eurico. Actually, it was great seeing that deck go off. So interactive. Turns um, out he's um, pretty good at magic too. Yeah, no, Hemsey can yeah. magic. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, we had had a bunch of fun and were able to play. I think we played like four or five games with Hemsey on Saturday afternoon, which was really cool. So that's awesome. Really nice to catch up with. Um, yeah. Member of the Beans community finally uh, in person. Well, in addition to the guys we hung out with cubing. But yes, it's, it's good to yeah. see some, some yeah. interstate folks, I guess. That's one thing that I know we're all pretty keen on is just like the opportunity to meet the people that we've been talking to on Discord for actual years now. Feels oh, for sure. And, and I mean, even even to spruik, you know, well in advance, we've already said we're all planning on heading up there in November, but yep. hoping that we get a bunch of people from the Beans community heading up. And, um, yeah, if, if you're planning on going up in November, word us up because we are pretty keen to organise some catch-ups or some side events or some, some stuff maybe on the Saturday or the Friday night up there, uh, if if there's enough people around, uh, there could be a cube involved. Who knows? Uh, so. I mean, there's going to be like, um, what, five yeah. or six beans. It doesn't take that many people to, to get a cube together. So, Oh, yeah, and uh, we don't need an excuse to cube no, anyway. No, really so, um, yeah, if if, uh, if any of you guys are planning on heading up, word us up. And, um, yeah, we'll certainly, certainly organise something. It'll be heaps yeah. of fun. 100%. Even if you're not interested in playing in, like, the Pioneer Mate event, like, there, there'll be plenty of time to hang out and just, you know, do other sweet things. So, that would be unreal. For sure. Uh, anything else you want to say about the Command Fest or kind of any any other sweet moments that you wanted to talk about? Uh, nothing in particular. I mean, there, there was there was some pretty cool stuff just on, on the floor. Like, they were just in general like with the event when it was being run you would be at a, a table you'd be playing your games you'd be in a pod you'd finish a game you'd cash in your ticks but in addition to that they had a bunch of other sort of ancillary stuff kicking around as part of the event as well so because it was the commander legends 2 like close to that launch um mm-hmm. they had uh like in addition to just your pods firing they had little checklists that they were passing around so each pod would get a checklist uh, and there were like five or six different checklists that had different um, uh, like goals that you could achieve as part of your pod. So it could be like a certain number of creatures on the battlefield or, you know, everyone gets a certain number of lands or, you know, there's an entire party like, you know, warriors, clerics, whatever uh, at the table. And whenever you hit one of those, you would tick off your uh, your checklist. And every time you completed a checklist, you'd raise your hand, call a judge they'd come and collect it and they give you a fresh checklist with different goals and you would kind of tick those off. So almost like your, you know, your like daily game. events or whatever <laughs> in, yeah, well, yeah, it kind of felt like, you know, getting your gold in arena or whatever. Yeah. Um, but once we hit certain thresholds on each of the days, like when 50 of those checklists had been completed or a hundred, uh, it triggered the entire room to get promos. So that was a really cool little, um, you know, thing that they threw in on the side. So I think at 50, we all got like Path of Ancestry promos. And then at 100, we got Foil Path of Ancestry promos. And then I think at 150 or 200, we all got Foil Soul Rings. Um, and that continued throughout the weekend. So it was really cool. Like, I think at the end of it, we walked away with like eight promos, half of which were foils um, for the weekend. So, and that was all just cream in addition to what was going on. So yeah, that was, that was a cool little extra bit that was, um, yeah, that was going on there as well. It's pretty 
Yeah, that's awesome. Like, that's super generous and, like, a really interesting way of, like, making sure the games keep happening, I guess. Like, it's kind of incentive there because otherwise there's not necessarily a whole lot to kind of fire the pods as part of the event, in quotes, I guess. But <clears throat> that's that's very cool. They're just yeah, it was kind cool. Of throwing cardboard at people, gonna like it. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, yeah, it was a nice, nice little bonus on top, and it just kind of added a little bit more EV to the whole event and the whole weekend, which was, uh, yeah, which was really nice. They also just had random, um, like I think on the hour, every hour they'd announce, you know, like certain game states or pieces or um, you know stuff that might be happening in a game, and you had the option to take them up on effect. So it might be something like if your pod has a warrior at the table whoever owns that warrior can draw a card or you know if there's you know players who have less than 10 life they can put a plus one plus one counter on anything on the board and like so they would just like throw stuff like that out you didn't have to it was an option uh but there was a little bit of that kind of i don't know chaosy kind of you know thing flung in there as well which was a little bit spicy so um yeah little things like that were quite cool so um yeah certainly made it a bit interesting it's almost like a um, planes chase kind of effect. Yeah, yeah, it totally was. It was that sort of thing. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so yeah, the, the combination of all those things, um, yeah, made it a really fun event. And yeah, it was my first command fest, first kind of big in-person paper event I've been to that wasn't like a competitive uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> event. Yeah. And it was lots of fun. It's, you know, just low pressure, chill, hang out with people, meet cool people, Buy a bit of cardboard and uh, <laughs> play Magic all weekend. So and it was doesn't, cool. doesn't sound like it would all, Chris, acquiring no. more cardboard. Uh, anything in particular that you picked up? Uh, yes, I did. I <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, I, I ended up getting we a leave it at that? well. Yeah, I, I got a foil guy's cradle judge promo, uh, which I've been in the market for for a little while, but the. Yeah, we're able to negotiate some pretty good stuff and got a foil wristic study, one of the original, uh, I think it's Prophecy um, or whenever that was printed, uh, okay. foil OG uh, old border foil wristic study, which was pretty cool. So that'll slot into Kenrith as a bit of a shiny upgrade. Always chasing upgrades. Love it. Yeah. Uh, or the cube, you know, that, cube? that always oh. needs to be kept up to date. Ooh, that's a good point. There's, uh, there's probably some good things that could go. Hmm. There's always uh, more to go in the queue. I mean, there's so many cards. So many cards. Speaking of cards, I know we covered a lot of this last week, but we've got the rest of the previews for Double Masters. It actually comes out next week, I think. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited for next Friday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This set is loaded. So I think we we covered off like a fair bit last week as far as the, the EV and cards that grabbed us you mentioned emil before or emil or however i don't know we don't know how to pronounce cards the the blessed which has got a sweet uh new full art version different art looks pretty cool uh i don't even know whether i saw the full art version but um yeah i I saw the reprint and yeah definitely very happy to see oh yeah the full art one's very nice actually yeah it's kind of old school and it's it looks like it's been lifted out of like an old fantasy book or something like a fairy tale book yeah it's cool yeah what else has grabbed you out of this set as cards that you're like really happy to see being reprinted 
Uh, so that that is definitely one. Uh, for anyone who's into any kind of Blink shenanigans, uh, Emil is just one of the best cards in Commander for that. Um, you know, flickering your Dockside for three when there's more than three artifacts just gives you infinite mana on the spot. So, like, that's an awesome piece. So very happy to see that there. Uh, don't know if you guys touched on it, but all the Eldrazi Titans, like the OG Eldrazi Titans are back. I'm very happy to see them uh, being reprinted. They got really expensive. Uh, yeah, particularly... Like Ulamog, yeah, yeah. over 100 bucks, I think. Um, Which is crazy. We, I know we had it on our list to talk about. I think we just ran out of time last week. But yes, we were all very excited to see that too. Because, I mean, they're staples in Commander and various other places. But, I mean, mostly Commander. Except for... Emrakul, which is banned. <laughs> yes. But, which explains uh, why yeah, it was probably yeah, not the most expensive out of all of them, which is kind of weird considering she's just the best. But Yeah, I mean, it, it just goes to show the pull that Commander's got on card prices. It's mm-hmm. just the most played in the biggest format. So, um, yeah, v- very happy to see them. Uh, I don't know whether you guys touched on Mana Vault, but always very happy to see like a Mana Vault, Mana Crypt style reprint um, mm-hmm. in these sets. So... Pretty pumped to see that and had a really nice uh, borderless treatment on that one as well. So the first kind of, you know, quite fancy premium treatment that that one's had uh, outside of, you know, your inventions or whatever. Yep. Uh, So pretty pumped for that one. Uh, Just thinking modern wise, I think you guys touched on Aethervile, which is awesome. There's Mm -hmm. just odds and ends, you know, like, you know, even a pithy needle reprint, um, you know, is great to see in the mix. Panharmonicon, it's great for more Blink and ETB shenanigans. So pretty happy to see that reprinted in there. That was getting up there as well. Yeah, I don't know. There's just so, so much in this set. I, I um, think there's a lot at the kind of $30 range that we may not have like touched on. There's some other stuff that I know, like, you know, we talked about like Cabin of Souls and Aether Vial. And I was talking about, you know, like Mana Drain and Force of Negation and Food Chain is like the big ticket things, Imperial Seal. But then, yeah, I think there's kind of just a lot in that mid-range, which kind of make this set seem really strong. Yeah, totally. And I, I don't even know whether you guys touched on Dockside uh, last week, but- I think we did earlier when it early, was previewed. Super early preview. It was, I think it was like the first couple of days that one got previewed. Yeah. So, I, I look, that uh, Monastery Mentor is like an awesome, awesome card. Yeah. Uh, and that had, you know, slowly been creeping up. Uh, Bitter Blossom just, you know, doesn't even see that much play, but still like a 40-odd plus dollar card. Um, Allosaurus Shepherd, you know, great legacy elves piece or, you know, a great piece in Commander um, mm-hmm. just for pumping your team. So, yeah, it's just a heap of stuff. Smothering Tithe, so many good cards. Uh, I don't know if we talked about Ren and Six, actually, but that's that's a really good one. To have oh, Ren, Ren and Six is huge. Yeah, like that's that's actually a really huge pickup for modern. That sees a lot of play, and you know, single printing. Same with uh, Season Pyromancer. I know we did talk about that, but yeah, these MH one cards that we're starting to see more of. Obviously, Force Negation fits into that category as well. It's hundred percent. Like yeah. it is absolutely due time that we kind of got more copies of this. Yeah. So Ren and Six, I think, got a hit on the list. Uh, and Renin 6, unlike some of the other MH1 cards, didn't get the old border treatment in MH2. Yes. So you got like the, you know, you got Urza, you got Yogmoth, you got uh, Force of Negation, you got all of those as old borders in mm-hmm. the 
some of the boosters in MH2. Renin 6 was not one of those though. So yeah, very happy to see that hit the um hit the reprint in in Double Masters 2. It's a good one to have in. Yeah, and with, you know, a couple of different versions there's, you know, like a, a different full art. There's a is that a old it's not an old border, but it's like a different bordered. Yeah, I think the the version. funny borders are the um the etched foil versions. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, so that some some of them have got the full triple treatment, like the standard border, the borderless alt art, as well as the uh, etched foil frame. Um, and I think the etched foil is only available in collector boosters. Don't okay. quote me on that, but I'm for, pretty sure for it's all etched like foils. That. that that would make sense because we were I talking about so. the difference between what set and collect. Well, there's no set boosters, but like draft boosters. Yes, like so so you can definitely get uh, like the borderless alt art treatment uh, stuff in draft boosters. That's one hundred percent in the product mix. You can only get the textured foils in collector boosters, right. and I'm pretty sure the um, the etched foil frames uh, mm-hmm. are only in collector boosters as well. So right, spend that three hundred bucks for your four packs and uh, hope to get something good. <laughs> That's it. Um, don't get, yeah, this, I mean, it's, it is built, it, there's some real tension here with these sets. It feels kind of awkward with their, you know, draft products as well, when they're very clearly like collector's products mostly. But yeah, if I bought like a single collector booster pack and my, one of my rares was a Abzan Ascendancy or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> not, oh not, yeah, there's <laughs> this or any of like the you know the leashes. I'm not gonna be real happy. So there is a lot of opportunity for feel bads in these. Yeah, yeah if you um, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, we did talk about before the cast, just kind of the expected EV, and we know that Saffron Olive kind of pulled together some numbers. Did you have a any? You had a quick look at that. Any thoughts there? Yeah, so the now that the full set's been previewed, because I don't think it had quite been previewed uh, no, after I the think, last cast. There are yeah, a couple more casts that came left. out. Yeah, there was still yeah. uh, the last white mythic, which, what did we get there? I think it was either a it meal or monastery mentor. Yeah, I think it was yeah. um, both, So a couple, couple more cards that come out after that, um, but nothing, you know, too substantial. But the, um, yeah, Seth at MTG Goldfish has run all the numbers uh, and has put together an estimated value of a draft box or a draft pack uh, as well based on the current pre-order prices. So mm-hmm. they're taking, um, you know, as an example, Imp Seals at 250 US, uh, Renan 6 at 60. So these are the pre-order prices of the Double Masters 2 or uh, 2022 stuff. Yep. Uh, so the the draft box EV uh, they've got listed at about 420 US for a box, which puts it at about 17 US for a pack, um, which is good. You know, like that's you know we're talking 422 US. A draft box is 400 AUD. So, I mean, as it stands, the the value is certainly in the set. It's pretty jacked. Do you think it'll drop the price because the other thing that i know you and i are talking about this morning is just the the limited print run we're expecting to see out of this that's that's the tricky part with this set so there's been a lot of chatter about um there being pretty high supply side um constraints on this set so not a huge amount of uh 
you know, product in the distribution chain. And mm-hmm. uh, we're hearing that this, like, this is a, a one, one and done print run um, is my understanding. So uh, that may not turn out to be true, but what I've heard is that this might just be a single print run. Uh, and if that's the case, and given the, the popularity of this set and the kind of cards that are in it, it could be very, very tight for access to um to seal product. So that will certainly have an impact on prices. Um, yep. If there's a shortage on that stuff and it is a single print run, but I mean, they're just going to print a ton of this set. This is going to be a cash cow for them. Every man is dog is going to want to buy this product and this set. There's just so much value in it and there's so many good reprints. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Overall reprinted cards in this set, they are going to be cheaper than what you can get them for now. I think it's just a good overall outcome for anyone who was after cards in this set. Yep. It's going to do you favors. So uh, happy to see that happen. Yeah, 100%. Like this is a really great injection for a lot of, you know, really, really amazing cards. Um, as far as timing goes on this, what do you think? Like a month or two after release is going to be like the trough before we start to see things coming back up again? it's it's i know it's hard to guess i know with like standard sets it's usually a little bit after that it's usually you know towards the end of the set is when the cards tend to be at their lowest except for obviously the the couple of mythics or rares that are like the chase card out of the set but yeah it's been it's been really tricky the trend and i mean keeping in mind this is a master set as well so it doesn't necessarily parallel nicely with standard sets but it has been really interesting in the last, you know, couple of years or definitely the last 12 months that there's been a real, like, hyperbolic <laughs> uh, price shift in, like, the, the way that prices have worked have been really split. Um, so you see the really premium chase rares or mythics just go nuts, like really crazy. And I mean, like, your, you know, your premium print runs. I'm thinking, like, your... Uh, you know, like the Japanese alt Sorens, the Japanese alt Wandering Emperor, like yep. those like premium chase mythics, um, you would pre-order them at a hundred bucks or sub a hundred and they'd be three hundred plus dollar cards. Um, and there were some other cards, you know, like your ledger shredders or whatever, who would just go gangbusters. Um, but generally cards, um, like I feel like pre pandemic, um, you know, a month or so after set release, you would kind of see your trough. Like mm-hmm. you would see things really kind of bottom out. It's been a longer burn recently. Like it's been more like five, six plus months before cards are hitting their bottom. Um, just based on the last couple of years of sets. So I don't know whether this will be the same. Like I said, it's a master set. It's not a standard set. Um, but it would surprise me if these cards kind of, you know, uh highish at the start and are still, you know, are still trending downwards in you know a couple of months time but again that is completely dependent on supply limitation i mean if you can't buy this product sealed in two months time that's not going to happen your bottom is going to be much sooner yeah and i think that's one of the things that we've noticed with all the other master sets as well is that there is very much that kind of like the initial peak of pre-order prices and then you know it, it like you said it slumps after a whatever that time is a month or two depending on the set, even for, you know, like these master sets. And then prices do tend to bounce back, not all the way, but a lot of the time, like 
of what it was, sometimes even more. Like, you know, one of the other things that can happen with these is that they inject these cards that people may not have been aware of or, you know, like just couldn't get their hands on and everyone kind of goes nuts for it again, like Imperial Seal, right? Obviously, it's not going to hit to $1,800 again, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where who knows what it'll actually do. So it can be really tricky to pick where <laughs> when, when the right time to buy is so it can yeah. be those those older cards are they're, they're, the, weird. they're the hardest to call yeah. yeah so i mean imperial recruiter is a good parallel yep. for that like that was a, a super rare single print run that might have been portal as well actually i, I think, think originally um and what was that like five six hundred bucks something like that yeah it was like it was hundreds and that's now like a i don't know like i think it's single digits <laughs> Yep, <laughs> but after after the first reprint of that, it still held a reasonable price point. Yeah. But like you throw one more print run into the into the mix, and a card that was yeah four five six hundred dollars is now actual dollars. So <laughs> um, that that just kind of shows yeah the difference between older cards that have had single print runs and what the impact of a reprint is on those versus you know more staple cards like your cavern of souls that kind of thing that aren't going to have anywhere yeah. near the kind of percentage hit that something like that will yeah so it, definitely exactly. definitely interesting to see what happens with imperial seal and with uh warrior's oath is the other big one um that was the other portal reprint that's just got a super high price tag mostly because it's a pk3 card yeah exactly it's it's scarcity i mean we talked about that where you could just get final fortune now for like 15 dollars, which is exactly yep. the same card it just has a different name on it but yeah i mean there's always cards like mana vault and manager we talked about before like they'll dip you know they're 60 bucks now they might go to 50 or 45 or something but they'll bounce back because they see so much play like they've been yeah. printed a bunch of times and you know, it's good that they keep reprinting them and hopefully it does bring them down. Like if they became $30 cards or $20 cards, that'd be amazing. But I don't see that happening from like this additional Masters. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, when we're talking like super, super tier, super staple commander cards, the, the demand just for commander outstrips any kind of reprint equity. Like when you're talking that level of card, they, they just continuously bounce back. Um it's why soul rings aren't 10 cents. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. the, how many times they're, they're has it been printed? Well, it's in every commander uh, precon ever. Exactly. And all and the, you know, all the other reprints about. and everything. Yeah. So it's, it's the same kind of thing for those real commander staples. You know, there's a reason why Ewit, you know, is still worth 10 bucks or whatever. That's been printed. Who knows how many times? Like, yeah. it's just one of those cards that's everywhere. Uh, and so, yeah, certainly those those will always have, a, you know, a higher floor just because of the demand from Commander. Awesome. Uh, okay. So, moving on, next couple of things. We'll probably just wrap up soon. But we've got, we've got our Explorer One Day event coming up in a week. It is on the 9th of July. I know you haven't played any explorer you've been busy doing other things but i don't know there, there's some interesting decks i guess we, we've spoken about explorer a bunch recently so i mean i know you said you'd probably just play a ramp deck of some description <laughs> uh, yes someone cast hydroid crisis in cube the other day and i was like oh that's a card like that I love that, that card that card's amazing so you can play that for sure. Like that that is the kind of card that I would be playing yeah. if, if I was in there. I mean, I, I played a bit of Pioneer and I know it's not um 
you know, we don't have access to all the Pioneer stuff, but I was definitely doing like, you know, mono green yep. big stuff when I was playing Pioneer. And I think that's still a really good deck in Pioneer. So I'd probably try and port that kind of deck across to Explorer if it was me. But I don't think that's even a thing that's part of the meta currently uh, <laughs> with Explorer. So Yeah, it's interesting because people, th- there's two approaches with, with Explorer. People are either taking like previous standard decks that they really like or the historic version of it and then like porting it into explorer or what i've been doing is looking at people playing pioneer decks and then trying to export them backwards into explorer that way so admittedly they're mostly delver shells (laughs) no Um, shock horror just give me treasure cruise give me treasure cruise at common if you guys make it a mythic or a rare so help me i'm gonna flip a table (laughs) um but yeah, anyway, so that's that's kind of where things are. So it's it's pretty cool that you get to build whatever you want still. It still feels pretty open. One deck that started popping up, and I've seen people playing this in standard a little bit as well, is fight rigging decks. So fight rigging, because we all remember exactly what that is, <laughs> is mm, one of the, it's one of the enchantments from New Capenna. So it's two and a green. It has hideaway five. So you look at the top five cards, you exile one of them under fight rigging eventually, effectively. Uh, And then it says, at the beginning of combat on your turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Then if you control a creature with power seven or greater, you may play the exiled card without paying its mana cost. So this deck is... uh, this one's salt high, but I've seen like Golgari list as well, which is kind of mostly what they're doing. But they're just playing giant things like Rotting Regisaur, Shakedown Heavy, Polucranos, Elder Gargaroth, um, Vorenglex, like just giant threats. They're ramping with like Goose and, and Lenoir Elves. And then Auron's Epiphany, Emergent Ultimatum, because. Oh, not? Epiphany's legal. Epiphany. Yeah. <laughs> Because yep. Nexus of Fate is not, right? Like, Correct. Nexus is banned. Yeah, yeah. Nexus um, is banned. And so is um, the other thing I was thinking the other day. I was like, oh, what about, like, playing Reclamation decks? No, no, that's banned as well. Oh, that's that's immediately where I went. I yeah, was like, yeah, Expansion me, Explosion. Like, Niv, yeah, Expansion Explosion, Niv-Mizzet, and Wilderness Reclamation, yeah, no, no. and we are off. But t- no. <laughs> t- Team of Wreck is banned, unfortunately. You, you we can't, can't have that. nice things. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> you can't have ramp things. Uh, but- <laughs> Yeah, this deck seems really sweet. So, you know, like you play, I mean, you can play your Registrar on turn two. Turn two, yeah, with a, with a dork. That yep. seems, yeah, that seems really strong. Yeah. And then just beat down and then you can make it into an eight, seven and attack someone and then flip. I mean, you can flip over like an Emergent Ultimatum or an Aaron's Epiphany. And that seems strong, man. In a yeah, in a ramp deck where mm-hmm. you're going to have a, a reasonable density of high mana threats, um, digging five deep, you're likely to hit something in your hideaway, right? So, yeah, it seems seems powerful. Yeah, I like it. Seems fun. Um, what other things are there that are particularly good at the moment? Look, control is pretty good. The grease fang decks we've talked about those before are actually pretty good. People are. It feels like things where you can still do kind of what you want. Things are also narrowing a little bit and I expect we'll see that more as, you know, there's more focus put on the format. So if you want to come and just jam some games, please sign up. There will be a link in the show notes for uh, 
Challenge, which is where you can do that, and then come join us in the Discord. It's a free event. We've got real cash prizes as part of that. So it would be sweet if you could come and, and hang out. There's always just a lot of fun uh, to, to do that. I won't be joining in. I'm having a day with... So my youngest was born on Christmas Day, which is um, pretty unfortunate for him. <laughs> so <laughs> what every kid wants. It's just yeah. So we've we've decided that uh, that weekend is going to be Lior Day. His name is Lior, and we're not quite having a birthday party, but it's a day that's just like for him because you know he doesn't quite understand why he has to wait so long, <laughs> like the whole year. And then everything happens all at once. So we're kind of spreading it out a little bit. First time we're trying that. But um, nice. Yeah, Good idea. Should be fun. Might go to the zoo or something interesting. Assuming it's nice. pouring with rain. I also have uh, some family commitments on on the weekend, so I won't be there. But if you were to be playing Cracker, yeah. what would what deck would you be bringing to the table? Uh, I'd, I'd be bringing a Delver deck. Actually, like, I mean, it's I love them. They're a lot of fun. Uh, there's some really good... I think there's some really good packages that you can basically get ports from from Pioneer. So the one that I've been looking at, I follow a lot of um, Aspiring Spike. He yep. plays a lot of really sweet decks, and he was he piloted one for the most recent um, qualifier or play in was one of the the qualifier events for, for Pioneer uh, in the last week or so. And the threat package is like Delva Sprite Dragon Ledger Shredder, and then you get to utilize. Lofty Denial as a really effective counter spell. And then, you know, you've got like Opt and Consider and you, you can kind of do all that sort of stuff. The The main difference between the Pioneer version and the Explorer version is you don't get Treasure Cruise. So, like, that is that yes. is obviously a huge downgrade because you fill your graveyard really efficiently with, like, Charter Course and then Legislator just churns through your deck. So, having, like, Ancestral Recall <laughs> effectively in, in your deck is, is pretty great. So... I would look to do something like that and then, you know, just had the, you know, come up with some different draw spells. Probably some, uh, I was kind of messing around with it before, like Memory Deluge or uh, Behold the Multiverse, I think it's called. The one where you can kind of pay two and then pay two again, or you can pay four. So it's yep. not as good, but I think there's still options there. And just, you know, cheap interactive spells to kill elves and things and then counter spells for people's giant threats. That's- yeah, cheap, cheap evasive creatures and cheap spells and yeah. tempo tempo people out. Yeah, and look, Sprite Dragons and um, Legislators get really big really quickly. They do. Yeah, so that's that's kind of where they end up. I know Chewie's been playing a bunch of the uh, Transmog Titans, he calls it. And if you saw, he was playing that against Shorty on stream earlier this week. And yeah, he, he's basically just playing a bunch of token makers with that, um, is a a land you. Uh, it's not cycle, but it's what's the new? What's Besaju's ability? I've gone completely blank. Oh, channel. Before. Yeah, you channel out. Channel. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's a, there's a card that lets you channel out a couple of one one to- um, tokens. Oh, and then, Chewie knows all about channeling out big creatures. Yeah, he does. He did channel out a Khan. Uh, <laughs> not salty about that. Uh, and then yeah, basically just transmogrifying them into the the new Titan and just making four fours and he's also got like um, fable of the mirror breaker in there and once you start copying your seven seven titan that you know gets shield counters and makes four fours and has trample like that that gets out of hand very quickly yeah yeah uh, yeah t- titan of industry is one of those cards that 
has impressed me more than I expected, yeah, actually. It's too. just like another one of those big, dumb green cards where it's like, really, how many of these are we going to get? But um, it's got it's a lot of words on it. <laughs> it. It does have a lot of words, like, I don't know, just like your Elder Gargaros or whatever, which yep. have all proved to be quite good. But um, yeah, Titan seems to be doing a lot of work. So, yep. um, yeah, it seems very powerful. Awesome. Uh, apart from that, I know that Shorty will be streaming. So if you can't participate, but you'd like to check out what's going on, please come out in our Twitch chat. And that would be awesome. Uh, the other thing, we're planning a stream, speaking of streams, actually next week, Tuesday, is currently the plan for some paper magic. We are. Yes. Which is pretty so exciting. It, it is. It's it's one of the things that we've been, we caught up earlier this year. And one of the things that we all spoke about was trying to get together and do some paper streaming now that uh we're not all in lockdown again and we can um yeah we can get out and catch up and sling spells in person so planning to do that uh yeah next tuesday evening not sure what we're going to end up playing at this stage it might depend on card availability and time but i'm sure we'll be slinging either some modern or some pioneer um so yeah keep keep an eye out tuesday evening for uh a bean stream yeah we did one a little while ago where Chewie and I were playing modern and we kind of really talked through the process of what we were doing. And that was, it was really just a test. It was pretty, you know, short notice, but this one we're planning on doing a little more formally where we actually commentate. So it should be a, a it, it's kind of still a test for us. You know, we're interested in branching out and diversifying our space and the difference between commentating paper versus arena. We expect there to be some challenges there around like visibility and, and kind of the formats and all that sort of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, man. It should be a lot of fun to just, you know, just jam paper magic again. Yeah. It'd be lots of fun. And one, one of the, one of the reasons we're wanting to do it as well and catch up and work out some bugs is we'd love to be able to do some coverage for some local events when we get the opportunity, um, you know, as that sort of, sort of arises heading maybe later on to the year or into next year. Um, whether it be at a local game store or something bigger, it'd be great to be able to have a chance to, you know, to actually do a little bit of in-person coverage of an event. So yeah, part of that's certainly ironing out some of the bugs and yeah, we'll hopefully, hopefully get some cool opportunities coming up in the future. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Okay. Uh, last couple of things, I guess, if you want to find us, if you want to watch the videos, the Twitch, please come check us out. It's um, Magic Beans Cast pretty much everywhere. Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, just type it in, you'll find us. Uh, otherwise, don't forget Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. It's jpmtgbazaar.com.au. Uh, they will take you straight to the Facebook page and you can bid on some sweet cards and some auctions. Uh, I know that Pat will have a lot of the Double Masters stuff that we were chatting about today. I imagine he's gone pretty hard on that set. So oh, yeah. end of next week, week after, expect to see a lot of lots going up and also really good prices. That's the other thing we... You know, we kind of haven't mentioned, but the, the pricing was very, very sharp, uh, which is something you don't always get here in Australia. You know, you look at eBay and stuff and you can kind of get gouged pretty hard there. Uh, but Pat always has excellent pricing. So go check those out. If you don't have the funds to buy $400 boxes, which a lot of us don't. Uh, otherwise, yeah, if you want to talk to me directly, honestly, Discord's the best place, you know, come join us there. Uh, but if you want to chat to us on Twitter directly, mine is at Joel Hill underscore and Chris yours is at Polly Waffle MTG. Thank you for hanging out, everyone. Appreciate it. 
I hope to see you in the stream soon and we will talk to you next week.